Super Talk Mississippi media production. Taylor Swift is coming to New Orleans, and Margaritaville Resort Biloxi and Super Talk are giving away a free pair of tickets. For your chance to win, go register now at Margaritaville Resort Biloxi and get your name in for the final drawing from Margaritaville and Super Talk 103.1. And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates coastal Mississippi and the people who make it such a wonderful place to live, work, and play. We've had a string of such incredible guests. As we get toward the end of the year, there's always a bit of a theme inside the shows around this is a time of year to, to give thanks. Uh, there are a lot of people that are f- choosing to pay it forward, uh, finding uh, you know various ways to be able to contribute back to the community, whether it's through donations or food items or goods to people who need them. You know, it's, just, it's that time of the year. I love that so many of the guests, those are the people who are really kind of leading by example in the community, that the conversations always sort of come back to giving back, paying it forward. And that's really awesome really awesome so if you're listening on 103.1 we appreciate you being here and if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform or on social media facebook or youtube uh, we appreciate you being there as well Um, have you tried to buy a new car recently or have you maybe have you tried to buy a used car recently Um, i think what you've determined if you've done that is that the pandemic and a lot of um a lot of uh conditions involving the semiconductor industry, the chips that are in these newer cars, have really created some challenges for the automotive industry and for car buyers. Um, I know that my wife, Ann, and I have been looking for uh, a new car, and it, it's been a little challenging, but you know, we found that it's just different. The, the situation for buying a vehicle is different. It's not necessarily better or worse. Inventories are down. You can get what you want. You may have to wait a little longer to get it. But a lot of this is being caused by a lot of the situations surrounding the pandemic. But it's not just about the pandemic. Um, the semiconductor industry, I went, I went to take a look at what they had to say about the situ- situation. And it said there have been substantial swings in demand for chips that have been brought about, that have been brought about by, the, uh, by the pandemic. And by, because there are more chips being used in advanced vehicles. So the newer the cars get, the more the more advanced they get from a technological point of view, they require more chips. And uh, it will be interesting to hear from our next guest what all those different situations might be. There was also a key chip factory fire. Now, some have said that was in China, but it actually was in Japan. And uh, and it had a pretty significant impact on the industry. If you look at some news coming out of Detroit earlier this year, you saw that the shortages of, um, of chips, in some cases, literally cut in half production of some of, of uh, new cars. That is pretty significant, actually. Um, I also, I wanted to understand about Trump's policies as it related to, to China. Did that play a contributing factor? And, you know, a lot of experts say maybe it did, actually, that what China did is they saw the, the production of chip, chips begin to fall. They began to increase the production and start to hoard the chips. And at least this is what one expert said, um, you know, anticipating that some ask, some of these, these actions that U.S. had taken against uh, Japan, excuse me, against China could step up some. Obviously, that didn't happen, but it will be interesting to hear from our next guest if 
things, you know, the tension with China being Eve's, has that caused them to hoard the chips a little bit less? Long and short of it is, whether we're talking about new electric, all electric vehicles, the new kind of batteries that we're using today, even when you talk about things not related to the chips, but just the, the, what, what, we, what we might say is the fuel economy standards are in a bit in flux now that we have a new administration. There's a lot of dynamics to unfold uh, still in front of us as it relates to the automotive industry. And with all that said, I've invited my friend Jonathan Allen from J. Allen Automotive to join me. Uh, he's been on the show several times. He's a good dude who really believes in the community. He's involved heavily in the Automotive Association and has, a, I think, his finger on the pulse of what's happening in the industry these days. So, so without any further ado, let me just say welcome to the show, Jonathan. Thank you, Ricky. Thanks for having me. And I always enjoy being on your show. And thanks for giving me all that credit. I, I, I hope I fulfill. <laughs> well, I saw you. I saw you nodding as I was reading some of these headlines. But the truth is, it is very dynamic. And uh, so why don't we start with the chip situation and give, give me sort of your elevator speech on the chip situation these days. From, from the manufacturer's perspective, the information we get from Toyota or uh, what I hear at the Auto Dealers Association talking to other dealers, working with other brands, is that um, not every manufacturer has it the same. The situation could be different. Um, in Korea, Hyundai and Kia own more of their supply chain from start to finish. They, they form their own steel. And some manufacturers aren't as affected as others. They are all affected because we're a world economy, let's face it. And I think that's, you know, to get to your China topic here in a little while, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, but we don't really know still. And, and I think the, the best piece of information that's come out lately is, is a lot of customers have been on the impression that, well, why don't they just get some chips, put them in the car, and then we're good to go. Well, it's not one chip. You know, uh, GM has announced that they're not going to do heated seats in one of their Highline trucks or something, and uh, it's because they can't get a chip. Well, that's just a chip for the heated seats. So they're going to decontent some vehicles so they can get them out. But these cars take more than one chip. And, and we, we all just, just kind of want to associate that it's put, put the chip in, in we're good to go, go right? right? And uh, it's, it's not, not that way. way. It's just it's not, not that way. way. It's, 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 it's pretty complicated. complicated. And, and, you know, as I mentioned, with, with new all-electric fleets and you're talking about new, new types of batteries and all the things that come with it, the more advanced vehicles just use a lot more chips, don't they? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. They're, they're, there's 15,000 moving parts in a car. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, now they're so technologically advanced, um, it, you know, eventually our technicians are not going to be, um, they're going to be doctors of, of, of computer technology more than, uh, more than you know, dealing with oil and, and mechanical stuff. It's, 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 it, I've seen the shift happening, and it's only continuing further that way. You know, when we it know, really, when, it, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. When we're, when 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 uh, electric vehicles are embraced in a much heavier fashion than even the media would allow you to believe right now, and the the administration pushing everything towards EVs, when we're actually there, the nature of a technician is going to change completely. I mean, when we're operating on electricity and there's no oil, uh, you know, to speak of, and it, the the whole situation changes and. Um, that means the, the, the job description of a technician at a dealership will be completely different. And I can't even say what that will be yet, but I know it's coming. And we all know it's coming. Yeah, <clears throat> there's no doubt about it. Okay, so let's, t let's kind of break it down for a second. <clears throat> Since there's been 
I would say the, the, these, these critical parts, like chips, for example, cause at least a reduction in the number of new cars readily available. Not that they're not available, just readily available. So, and we'll come to used cars in a second. That, that reality around news car, new cars have had, a, had an impact on the value of used cars and how people seek those out. So let's start with the new car market. And speaks, you, know, you can speak specifically to your experience at, at your dealership, but what's the latest as it relates to new cars? Okay, well, pre-pandemic, uh, we were uh, 250 Toyotas on the ground, on our lot, had 13 acres filled up. And uh, over the last year, we've never finished the month with more than about 20 in stock. We've had three or four months where we've sold out. And uh, we're selling our inbound pipeline of vehicles. And our region is specifically deciding, you know, we're my region is five states, including Texas, where they would allocate 20,000 cars in a month. Now they have 4,000 cars to allocate. And you've got some really big dealerships in Texas and Houston, San Antonio, and they have to decide, you know, where are these cars the best sent place for them to send? How will they sell the fastest? And it, and it affects us in Mississippi because we're a, we're a middle market, especially here on the coast. We're a mid-sized market, um, which means we've been getting a little bit more of our fair share, but still not enough to satisfy what the demand is here. And it's it's made our market be kind of a micro market in and amongst this bigger picture. And it's it's it, I can't tell you anything out further than a month. That's what I can tell you is that I don't know. And, and, and every time that I thought I knew, two months later it changed. And then two months after wow. that it changed. And it's been that way consistent. It's been consistently inconsistent for about a year and a half now. When when it comes to it. So, Jonathan, so do you find as a result of that decreased inventory, you, you previously said that it's more of a just-in-time sales environment, which means you don't have the carrying costs related to those that 250 cars you used to have on your on your lot. That helps your bottom line for sure. But have you found that what's happening now is that people are coming in and building their car from scratch and saying, okay, this is what I want to get and ordering it. And, and is that a better route to take? Well, I would say that that's the way that they're doing it if they could, but it's not really that way because you can't really order a vehicle right now because they can't guarantee it. Uh, our region in Toyota has, has dis disabled the ability, what we call an SOVR, it's a sold order vehicle request where people do build out the vehicle like on Toyota.com or whatever, where they spec it out the way that they want it. Right now, it's a here's what we have coming, do you want it? And, uh, and we only see what we have coming uh, at best, 30, 40 days out. So it's, it's, if a customer right now is in the market for a car, they'll come into the dealership. If the 20 we have available um, are something they're looking for, then we'll show them our pipeline of inbound vehicles and they can pick one and decide if that's a package they can make do with. I mean, that's where we're at. Uh, being able to specifically order right now is, it's, even Toyota can't say that they can produce whatever they're asking for. We definitely can't say it. What an interesting dynamic. And of course, I have a lot of friends in the automotive industry all along the coast. And they all it's a slightly different complexion from one to the other, but the bottom line for all of them is very similar to what you're talking about. Yep. This is Jonathan Allen from J. Allen Automotive Group. And we, we'll, what we're going to do when we come back, we'll continue the conversation about the automotive situation and what the impact on, on used cars has been. And then I really want them to kind of wrap it all together and say, how has this changed his business? We'll see you when we come back.
Coast View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Jonathan Allen with us today. But there's a lot to talk about. I probably should have scheduled the whole hour because <laughs> I'm thinking about inflationary pressure. Like, for example, my wife, Ann, makes uh, Christmas candies every year, mint candies and all these different kinds of candies. And she didn't make them last year. And the, the for, for what she makes, it usually costs about $40. She bought the stuff to make the candy yesterday. She came back and said, you're not going to believe this. But it was over $80 to buy the same candy that she would have bought last year. So, you know, the inflationary uh, pressures are just incredible, though. We're talking about sort of the impact of the pandemic and everything that came as a result of that, uh, how it's impacted his business. Actually, before we get done, I want to talk about how it's impacted his employees. Because if you heard the recent conversation with Ashley Edwards, we're seeing a lot of employees moving around. Most studies said that 40% of, of employed people are thinking about changing jobs because there's so many op- so much opportunity out there. But, hey, before we continue the conversation about new car situation and then the impact on used cars, I know your grandfather, Bert Allen, really well. You know, long-time uh, dealer here on the coast. Uh, very involved in the community. He loved Ole Miss. He died last year, unfortunately. But I wonder what he would say, Jonathan, about the situation you face today. My goodness, so do I. Um, I, I, I know that... He started in 1971. This is our 50th year doing car business on the coast, third generation. And just my involvement professionally since 2005, I've never seen anything like this. And I wish I could have had a conversation with him in the last year about this. My dad, too. My dad passed away in 2013. And I guarantee you that they never saw a market like this. And the where the demand heavily outstrips the supply and this situation is, 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 I guess, unprecedented in, in modern car business times because we, we experience stuff like that on a model-per-model model basis occasionally when the hot new thing comes out, but it never applies to the entire big picture. And this is the first time it applies to everything in car business of, you know, you get what you can take and, or you take what you can get and, and you know, the supply is the supply. That's it. <laughs> So I would say just in terms of the auto, the new cars that you're getting, most of them are probably sold before they get here. Um, yes, how would are. you, just in terms of, okay, aside from the used car side of things, how would you assess, is the business still healthy from a new car business point of view? It is as long as the manufacturers are able to keep uh, each dealer, I'd say sort of cliche, in our wheelhouse. Um, you know, for me, I have a large store, and it's a large store here in Gulfport that's a mid-sized market. If we can keep the volume up to a certain level, and they, can, they can't guarantee, but if we can almost want them to guarantee a certain amount of cars, we can, we can maintain at this level. But it's, if the volume shifts drastically in either direction, it's going to change the nature of what we've been doing over the last year. And 20 fewer new cars for us would make a significant impact. We're a store yeah. that normally would sell between 110 and 130 new Toyotas every month. 
Last month we did about 85. That's a lower yeah. volume, significantly lower volume month for us. And if it goes lower than that based on availability, then you know we have to reevaluate how we're how we do things and uh, I don't want to have to do that. None of us want to have to yeah, do that. And Jonathan, of course I had uh, I was a publisher for, for many years and and dealt with auto dealers my entire career. But that volume in a market our size is pretty darn good. I mean you, you I mean I'm saying when you were in excess of 100 cars a month, that's a pretty significant dealership. Yes, that's that's just our new Toyota business. We sell about 1 to 1 ratio of used cars as well. I mean even months this previous year, we had months that we sold over 300 cars, and those those are really good months. We've broken numerous records, but we all knew that Toyota's was a little Toyota was a little later in getting hit hard by the chip shortage, and we're feeling it now. Where some other manufacturers might be ramping back up, we're anticipating the ramp up in January, February, March. The first quarter of next year is when Toyota or Gulf States Toyota is telling us that it, it should start. We've we've hit our low, and yeah. Uh, but, you know, they've, they've told us stuff before and, you know, who knows, anything could happen on the world stage. You never know. So the subsequent impact of all of this on existing used cars has been, again, dramatic. Talk about that side of the equation. Okay, so I have had more instances where people come and tell me what they got for the vehicle that they sold to be to a private party or a trade-in or they went to go buy something and they got more than they paid for it two years ago. We are in a bubble for used cars. I mean, the nature of new cars not being available has made these used cars so valuable because the dealers have to have stuff to sell. I mean, we've got to we've got to take care of employees. They got to be able to make a paycheck. The, the wheel must keep turning, and customers have uh, have had an influx of cash. I mean, they've had they've uh, they've not done much over the pandemic, so they've decided. For that money they didn't spend, they're going to go buy a new car, like they or or do something to their house. I see it all over in a lot of industries, but it's this this situation won't continue like this. It's it's uh, so the used car values have have skyrocketed, and it's not going to stay that way. Uh, when the new cars start showing up, we're anticipating a, a precipitous drop in used car valuation, just because people say for that price, I'm going to go buy the new one, but we don't know when that's going to happen. And mm -hmm. it's, it's just been unreal. Uh, I, almost every single day, I have somebody that I'm talking to somewhere that tells me exactly how good of a deal they got in selling their used car. Nobody talks about what they paid for the one they bought, though. Uh, you know, so that's yeah. 22 is, is if you sell one in this market and you have to replace it, you're paying a high price, too. But, Jonathan, one of the things you and I talked about before the show started is that big swings of a pendulum whether we're talking about politics or cars, is never good. I mean, you, you want it to ease its way back. But given the size of the bubble that you just described in, in the used car side of things, as things start to settle in on the new car side, the pendulum is going to swing back pretty quickly, and we're going get, to be getting back to book value and whatever. I wonder how that's going to affect some people in terms of maybe being upside down. I'm afraid it's going to. Um, and if people have, because the values have gone so much further up, people have opted to opt for longer financing terms. And when you spread those payments out longer over more years, which, you know, many, not many years ago, but 60 months was the normal financing term. And then 72 became very, very normal. And I'm afraid 84 is not far away. I mean, that that's, that's seven years for a loan. And car valuation uh, just doesn't, doesn't, 
fit with that. So if something happens in the next two or three years and somebody's employment changes and then they go to trade in their car because they spread those payments out so thin, didn't have down payments or whatever, it's a, uh, it's, it, could be a scenario that we see a lot of defaults happen and um, and that will, will make the values drop even more because those vehicles will be unloaded onto the open market. Um, you know, any dealer that, that starts touting, we've got more inventory than anybody, uh, could be a double-edged sword. And yeah. it's just a matter of who gets kind of caught at that moment in time with the most expensive vehicles on their lot. And then uh, what do they have to do to, to turn them over and get some new inventory at current values? And that's what we're all watching in the used car world. Hey, one of the, one, I mentioned to you off, off the air, but one of the newsletters I get, uh, it's an aggregated news uh, uh, email I get each day. Yeah, I get a bunch of them because I'm a former news guy and I like to read a bunch. But mm-hmm. one story actually was about the size of the amounts of car loans had substantially increased. So that actually is consistent with what you just said. And I would say that probably, and people are still doing the loans, that they're, they're finding creative ways to finance, which is what you, you know, spreading it out further so it's a more manageable mm-hmm. monthly note. But yes, it's going to be interesting because I don't think, you know, I think this is going to settle out sooner than later. I don't think it's going to drag on for two or three years. So if it, so. if it starts to settle down within the next year and you've got a you know, long-term you know, loan, you may have to hang on to your car until, you know, you really get to where you're paying down on that principal that gets it below the current market value at that time. That's right. It's going to be it's going to be very very dynamic. Hey, look, one of the things I remember you and me talking about was that you you made some decisions that hit your bottom line in the early stages of the pandemic but that you believe paid off. In other words, you, your focus on keeping your employees uh, the the core of your employees together as best you could through this process. Um, some companies probably didn't pay much as much attention to that as they should have. They were quick to lay people off. Some of them, they didn't have any choice. I, I want to certainly acknowledge that. But those that had choices, they still did it, basically favoring sort of a short-term um, income you know, pr- preservation over sort of what the long-term hit's going to be. But you, you saw that 40% of employees say they're thinking about changing jobs and whatever. How would you assess your current employee situation? Um, overall, us at the at J. Allen Toyota, I think we're in a good position. And, and it's because we've taken a lot of action over this last year. I mean, you can see the news anytime employee worker shortage, worker shortage. It's all over the place. But we've taken actions over this last year to uh, engage our employees to um, tell us the way that they want the business to operate. So we've created task force in every department in the store and get them more involved. And look, in a time of employee shortage, the very best thing you can do is take care of the ones you already have. And I think it's important for every business owner to to go, you know, look, it's going to be hard to find people. I'm, I need to take great care of that one I already have. Well, and you know, we, we know what the cost of turnover is. I mean, we have to go hire a new employee, then train them, and it's a lot better to retain what you have. But anyway, we're out of time. Like I said, we probably should have scheduled an hour because a lot of ground to cover. But I think in the, in the two segments we had, we did a really good job of sort of laying it out for people who might be confused about the current situation. It's a, it's a situation in flux. But hopefully in the next few months, maybe it'll begin to work itself out a bit. Anyway, Jonathan Allen from J. Allen Automotive, thanks for joining me today, buddy. Hey, Ricky, thank you for letting me come on, and I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to be on your show, and have a Merry Christmas. You too. Have a great Christmas. We'll see you after this.
Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.